Chapter Thirty of The Prince and the Pauper. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne Bodorf. The Prince and the Pauper by Mark Twain. Chapter Thirty. Tom's Progress. Whilst the true king wandered about the land, poorly clad, poorly fed, cuffed and derided by tramps one while herding with thieves and murderers in a jail another, and called idiot and impostor by all impartially. The mock king, Tom Canty, enjoyed quite a different experience. When we saw him last, royalty was just beginning to have a bright side for him. This bright side went on brightening more and more every day. In a very little while it was become almost all sunshine and delightfulness. He lost his fears. His misgivings faded out and died his embarrassments departed and gave way to an easy and confident bearing he worked the whipping boy mind to ever-increasing profit he ordered my lady elizabeth and my lady jane grey into his presence when he wanted to play or talk and dismissed them when he was done with them with the air of one familiarly accustomed to such performances it no longer confused him to have these lofty personages kiss his hand at parting he came to enjoy being conducted to bed and stayed at night and dressed with intimate and solemn ceremony in the morning it came to be a proud pleasure to march to dinner attended by a glittering procession of officers of state and gentlemen-at-arms insomuch indeed that he doubled his guards of gentlemen-at-arms and made them a hundred he liked to hear the bugles sounding down the long corridors and the distant voices responding way for the king he even learned to enjoy sitting in throne state in council and seemed to be something more than the lord protector's mouthpiece he liked to receive great ambassadors in their gorgeous trains and listen to the affectionate messages they brought from illustrious monarchs who called him brother oh happy tom canty late of awful court he enjoyed his spectacular clothes and ordered more he found his four hundred servants too few for his proper grandeur and troubled them the adulation of salaaming courtiers came to be sweet music to his ears he remained kind and gentle and a sturdy and determined champion of all that were oppressed and he made tireless war upon unjust laws yet upon occasion being offended he could turn upon an earl or even a duke and give him a look that would make him tremble once when his royal sister the grimly holy lady mary set herself to reason with him against the wisdom of his course in pardoning so many people who would otherwise be jailed or hanged or burned and reminded him that their august father's presence had sometimes contained as high as sixty thousand convicts at one time and that during his admirable reign he had delivered seventy-two thousand thieves and robbers over to death by the executioner the boy was filled with generous indignation and commanded her to go to her closet and beseech god to take away the stone that was in her breast and give her a human heart did tom canty never feel troubled about the poor little rightful prince who had treated him so kindly and flown out with such hot zeal to avenge him upon the insolent sentinel at the palace gate yes his first royal days and nights were pretty well sprinkled with painful thoughts about the lost prince and with sincere longings for his return and happy restoration to his native rights and splendors but as time wore on and the prince did not come tom's mind became more and more occupied with his new and enchanting experiences and by little and little the vanished monarch faded almost out of his thoughts and finally 
when he did intrude upon them at intervals he became an unwelcome spectre for he made tom feel guilty and ashamed tom's poor mother and sisters travelled the same road out of his mind at first he pined for them sorrowed for them longed to see them but later the thought of their coming some day in their rags and dirt and betraying him with their kisses and pulling him down from his lofty place and dragging him back to penury and degradation and the slums made him shudder at last they ceased to trouble his thoughts almost wholly and he was content even glad for whenever their mournful and accusing faces did rise before him now they made him feel more despicable than the worms that crawl at midnight on the nineteenth of february tom canty was sinking to sleep in his rich bed in the palace guarded by his loyal vassals and surrounded by the pomps of royalty a happy boy for to-morrow was the day appointed for his solemn crowning as king of england at that same hour edward the true king hungry and thirsty soiled and draggled worn with travel and clothed in rags and shreds his share of the results of the riot were wedged in among a crowd of people who were watching with deep interest certain hurrying gangs of workmen who streamed in and out of westminster abbey busy as ants they were making the last preparations for the royal coronation End of chapter thirty